Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Teo Sokol, and joined by my co-host and fellow survivor of the apocalypse, Chris Dewar. Today's episode we're reviewing the HBO television series, The Last of Us. This is the post-apocalyptic drama created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann for HBO. And of course, based off the 2013 video game of the same name developed by Naughty Dog. Now, the series... Uh, this is a lot of anticipation for this series. Chris and I, big fans of the original game, the remakes and uh, remastering, excuse me, and of course, part two. So high expectations for this. Knowing though, Craig Mason's work, Neil Druckmann, and of course, what HBO brings to the table, we were pretty excited about this. Now, we are going to get into spoiler territory. Spoiler warning. If you have not played the game, that's okay. But if you have not played the game nor watched the show, we will be revealing some stuff about the finale and you know what's to come. So if you have not, please go back, play the game, watch the show, dedicate you know hours of your life to that because it's worth it. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> give us a brief synopsis of The Last of Us. So in 2003, a massive fungal infection of mutated cordyceps sparks a global pandemic causing mass chaos and several casualties. And we find our main, one of our main two characters, Joel. He, uh, he goes through a tragedy, and we'll get to that in a second. And the story picks up 20 years later after the world has gone through this and the survivors of this current uh, pandemic. Joel ends up meeting a young girl named Ellie, who is a sur- fellow survivor who has a unique trait and it's about their quest to get to uh, a, a certain hospital with a certain group of people to uh, maybe see what they can do with this trade. And uh, yeah, we were very excited to see the series. I mean, we've we've did a whole, you know, our season three opener was talking about video game adaptations. You know, at that time, Uncharted had just come out. And typically with video game adaptations, there's always 
the stigma of they're not going to be great because often they take either like the best parts of games and they change them for some reason or they just don't know how to capture them. We've gotten better ones the last several years. I think there's still some that, you know, I, I always love if they're kind of cheesy. This looks like, you know, okay, HBO is taking a serious. You got Craig Mazin, who, if you've never seen uh, Chernobyl, uh, handled that very well. And that's a very dark, creepy, scary, you know. So yeah, Chernobyl was a series that really, I think, showed that he knows what he's doing. And having actual Neil Druckmann, who, you know, obviously the developer and creator of the Last of Us series, coming on to actually help with this show, I think was going to be key. And then we got uh, word that Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey were cast as Joel and Ellie. I was curious to see what they're going to do. They did a nine-episode series for really it was the first game. I know this story. I've played this game multiple times. I've played the sequel at least twice, uh, the DLC once. My fiance, who has never played the games, didn't know anything. The way they did the first 30 minutes of the, of the opening scene really set the tone of just the anxiety that this show was going to uh, induce because they really set up such a great moment of when when really the infection starts to take over and, and the chaos begins, which is just how the game starts. And that's one thing I have to give the show credit for right away. They did do very well to follow the story. They didn't do a lot of like deviation from the story. This is one where they easily could have been like, you know, that one scene in the game's a little too scary. Let's do this instead. They, they really stuck to a lot of the main plot points of the story. And right away, the whole, you know, point that Joel's real daughter, Sarah, dies in the kind of chaos of the escape of all the stuff going on. They handled that very well. Yeah, the creepy element of, you know, actually seeing the Cordyceps kind of take over uh, was great. And I have to give props. One thing I wish they continued throughout the whole series, but they only did for like the first two episodes John Hanna, gotta love him from The Mummy and other things. They did this great thing of like in the 60s, like a like a 60s, 70s kind of era TV interview. And it was like, you know, well, of course, uh, this can never happen. And he's like, actually, if the temperature of the earth ever got warmer, the cordyceps could take over. And it's like, well, what would happen? He's like, we'd lose. That little opening kind of, it was like a two minute, three minute scene really set the tone for how creepy the show could be. And then in episode two, they had this whole thing of like, right when the pandemic starts happening, uh, this this doctor in Sri Lanka is like told like, oh, this this these workers started like biting each other. And it was like, where to get into the flower? Uh, and it's just you, the way they were setting the tone of like how this thing could spread. I love that. That's not, that's not in the game. That was added material. I love that. But I think that first episode really set the tone for they're going to take their time with some mm -hmm. of this stuff and really build the anxiety level. So then when we get to 20 years later and we see Joel as a really broken man who's doing some bad things and how he meets Ellie. And at first there's such like polar opposites in a way that they don't connect. He's not really looking for that daughter figure again in his life. He's so just jaded and broken. It really was the building block to see where they're going to be by the end of this series. The challenges of the show compared to the game is, again, there's a lot more high anxiety moments because you're playing this character. You have to fight, um, you know, not only the infected, which uh, I think also for those of you maybe zombied out, you know, zombies not really a word. And these infected aren't really considered zombies because they're still alive. And I think that was the cool thing about this 
property is it's a very unique take of something that maybe possibly could happen. And like, as you said, that kind of really set the scariness of the tone. And, you know, right away in this first episode, when he loses his daughter, it's like, whoa, you spend so much time with the actress who plays his daughter that you're like, oh, she's not the main character. Now we go to years later where he's, you know, he's done a lot of shady stuff to survive. You know, him and his brother are strange, kind of a pseudo romantic relationship and Tess. And they kind of like, Mm-hmm. kind of work together as kind of smugglers uh, in this Boston quarantine yeah. uh, quarantine <laughs> quarantine zone. I should know that because we've heard that word enough uh, the past couple of years. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, right up right on the bat, like, and I, I just got to go each person with casting because there's a lot of core cast members that I want to give a shout out to. As we said, I thought, especially when you're adapting this to try to have not so much a lookalike, but, you know, faithful adaptation, I, we said Joel, we, we said, you know, freaking watch. We said Joel, Ellie, uh, Tess, Anator, who has done in Chernobyl and, and whatnot, worked on other properties with Craig Mason, just really has a really good, you know, Tess vibe. It's just kind of really, um, and I think what's really great is they peeled back the layers with their relationship more on this than you have in the game. And I think that was the exciting thing mm-hmm. about the show is that you could do a little bit more because in the game, there's a lot of hints to stuff because there's a lot of collectibles. You can read letters, notes from people and, you know, stuff in your backpack. But a lot of people are like, I'm just going to run and gun and, and survive. So there's a lot of Easter eggs, but in this one, they do kind of show those off. Um, especially when we, we, we loses Tess. I thought that was a, a better kind of send off where she kind of goes off in a blaze of glory. I thought that was really cool. Uh, consider that was pretty epic and it's and especially how they changed the infected this one because in the game it's like you know you have spores and that's how you can get infected or by bites where they're like we really can't kind of really show that um so they had this idea that it was like a hive mind and almost kind of like the upside mm-hmm. down if you watch stranger things you step on a tendril or step on something yeah. they'll come flocking so this whole thing like they're almost like ants where you see them all like in the sun and they're like moving um that's incredible and this whole weird thing where these little things come out of their mouths. Oh man, that was like creepy, especially in the, the first episode with the little old lady. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> creepy. Like little tendrils come out. At first I was like, was she, was she eating her hair? And I was like, Oh no, that was in her. That was creepy. Um, Yeah. You gotta get props. They really handled, they handled the design and the makeup and everything for the infected very well in this story. Uh, And I like that element they, they introduced of the, yeah, if you step on like this one thing, all of a sudden, 50 of them know, like, they're over there. And, like, they start coming in. And, yeah, Tess deciding to blow herself up in a, in a you know, glaze of glory because she uh, got bit. And, you know, this is a world where the big shocking, you know, thing is that Ellie is immune. She's been bit multiple times. She's never changed. Of course, that's very hard to believe. Uh, Joel and Tess don't believe it at first. And they want to kill her because instantly that's your... That's your instinct is if someone's bit, they're going to get turned within 24 hours and then they become a mindless puppet and it's time to kill them. The The idea that Marlene, who is the head of the Fireflies, played by Meryl Dandridge, is, you know, as, as instructed Joel and Tess to be like, we just need to get her to this facility. We think, you know, they, they basically haven't told them that she's immune. They just be like, she's very important. We have to get her to this facility can you take her? And, you know, at the same time, Joel wants to get out and go try to find his brother. So it's like, we'll kind of kill two birds with one stone when it's revealed. And 
Tess has to go. You know, now it's like Joel is left with Ellie. And of course, there's going to be a natural protector mode already because he is like, well, she's this young girl who probably doesn't have any survival instincts. And she's been in this, you know, quarantine school forever. And what does she know? So I think there's a bit of a great now I have to take this kid with me kind of feeling because he is such still a jaded person. Plus, he just lost what was probably the closest person he had for the last several years with Tess. And we're going to get to my first beef section of the show. <laughs> you set up the hive mind and never used it again. Yeah. Uh, and this is a big, I will this say, is a big criticism of, of the show on, on the season. This, whole. Is, this is my biggest criticism of the show as a whole is we had an episode two straight out of the game, the amazing scene where they're like in this little museum and there's two clickers in there and the, the way they have to fight them off. And this is, of course, what leads to Tess having to say bye bye. But they handled that very well. The design element, the action. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, w- I was kind of hoping for a little bit of a, are we going to use a bottle and try to you know distract them or a brick? Um, they didn't go that route, which was kind of, I thought that'd be a kind of fun Easter egg. But realistically, we don't have a ton of infected in the series. And I'll play more into that a little later. But they set up this hive mind idea, and I thought that was going to play much more into the show. And it really didn't. They showed this really cool scene with with Tess blowing herself up, and then it really was never used again, like realistically. Uh, and I thought that was a big flaw. But moving ahead, we do get into what is one of the highest rated episodes of the season. Yes. Um, of course, in the game, you do meet the character of Bill, who is this crazy anti-government survivalist. <laughs> and in the game, you do get the hints that he had a lover named Frank. And, you know, there's all this kind of stuff that goes on. They decided to take that concept and really make it a full-fledged episode of right when the pandemic started. um Bill kind of taking this town and fortifying it and kind of making it uh, with all these, you know, cameras and gating it and kind of making his own little like sanctuary and meeting this man named Frank. And when you have Nick Offerman, who we absolutely love, who was perfect casting for Bill and Murray Bartlett, who, hello, one of our favorite actors right now. Oh, he's he's like White he's Lotus, on fire this past year. Yes. He's just so good coming in as Frank. This is such a great episode. I think people were not expecting this kind of episode in a show like this. These two men finding each other, that they're not so trusting at first because the, the world they live in, finding love for each other, spending their life together, and then how it ends for them. It was a very powerful uh, episode. A lot of people were just like, they fell in love with these two. They were devastated by the end of how they both kind of say their goodbyes and they they drink some wine with some pills and they, they kind of end it. Um, and it was just a beautiful episode. And I loved, I, I didn't even like at first recognize this detail. Joel and Ellie are heading there to try to, you know, get some gear and, you know, they, they you know, a place to kind of stay for a while. When they realize, of course, they're gone. Joel wears Frank's shirt for like a good chunk of the, of the story, because they need to, you know, they're all dirty and, and gross. He wears Frank's shirt, which I thought that was a nice little touch. I didn't really notice that at first, but that was a strong episode, the two of them. And because in the, in the in the game, you get to spend a little time with Bill, not much. So that was a smart choice to be like, well, let's take this kind of small character and really give him a, a, a proper episode 
and the two of them I I could see probably getting nominated for like a guest in a series episode or something. Yeah, because you know, they were they were fantastic. Maybe we'll get a spinoff and just uh, Bill and Frank. Bill and Frank, the <laughs> like a little sitcom, um, the odd couple. So, and then this is this is another big deviation of the game uh, where now they're after they've kind of gone and got their supplies. They go to the next big part of it. Now in the game, they go to Pittsburgh, which yeah. I like. I was excited about because not that I want to see post-pandemic Pittsburgh, but just because uh, living there. But we instead they change it to Missouri, um, and and they go through Kansas City, and very similar to the game where they're kind of ambushed by these uh, raiders. There's kind of they have a different take where the whole town kind of. Went, uh, fought against Fedra, which is kind of the mm-hmm. becomes the new policing force across you know the United States um, to kind of keep the chaos ensue. Um, so they kind of go over there and they team up with this these two brothers, Sam and Henry, and they kind of fight off this leader, Kathleen, who's kind of leading these bandits. There was a lot of the stuff where it kind of adds to that kind of hysteria where people were like turning on each other and. Oh, this person infected. That's you know. So it was kind of a little bit you know chaotic. Inadvertently, to Kathleen's brother's death. So there's this kind of she's she's against them. But this is a big part of the game that I really love the bond of Sam and Henry, and I like the fact that we have, um, you know, Sam, his mm. brother, who is um, who is deaf and using sign language to communicate. I thought that was a great difference from the game to show inclusivity. Plus, in, in this time, we have to be quiet. I thought that was really great, and it all kind of comes to head. We kind of combine a couple things with them where they're. Kind of fighting off the sniper in the, like in the game. Yes, they they use that very well. I thought. Well, I, I wanted them to use the death thing a little more. And again, this is where I was like, um, it, it, I keep seeing the meme of uh, it's Ian Malcolm, you know, in Jurassic Park. Uh, you 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 are gonna have uh, zombies uh in your show at some point. Uh, hello, um, because. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a cool concept of a room with a bunch of clickers, and you have to be quiet, and he can't even hear them. That would have been terrifying if he's trying to like maneuver, and the brothers like very similar to a quiet place. So quiet yeah. place, it's a couple of those scenes where I'm like, if you have to like avoid something and you can't hear it, how to? I think that would have been that was another missed opportunity for clickers, but and the infected. But the show, the show did go. Oh, you've been missing clickers and stuff. Well, we're gonna give you um all the clickers. <laughs> All the all the zombies exactly. at once. So apparently, yeah, Kathleen and them uh, have been like apparently hiding all these infected down the sewers, and because there's like this car crash, Joel takes out this car and it opens up this whole underground, and literally thousands of infected are pouring out, which was probably one of the most epic scenes of this game. And I'm like, run! And of course, we get one of the most creepiest and scariest of the infected. If for those of you who played the game, I know this: the bloater which is basically this like infected on steroids. It's just this giant hulking thing. It's like a rhino on two feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like, and I thought the showing the him, like literally rip off, you know, a guy's head <laughs> was pretty like brutal, especially in the games where they do multiple death scenes. If you get caught Man, the amount of times you die from the bloater that way. It's so scary, but, and I was excited. I was like, that was great. We got a bloater. We got all these zombies. Never see a bloater again. We got little kids on. We got little kids zombies. Little kids zombies. All kinds of things. And that's really the last time you're going to see infected that way in the whole show. Um, we really get like one more clicker in the show, and that's about it. So, uh, but yeah, that was great with Sam and 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 Henry. And of course, after that whole 
kind of crazy scene and them escaping to this motel. Uh, Ellie and Sam are in the room, and I do love the homage that you know Ellie collects uh, comic books, and you can do that throughout the the game. And she sees that Sam is bit, and she doesn't want to say anything at first, and she does try to use her own blood to heal him. Of course, that's not how it works. And uh, Sam does turn in the morning. He tries to attack Ellie, kind of bushes out of the other room. And Joel and Henry are like, what the hell is happening? And in a fit of just confusion, Henry shoots Sam and kills him. And Henry's just shaking. This is straight out of the game. He's just like, oh, my God, what did I do? Uh, uh." And then he shoots himself. And that was a devastating scene. Even though I knew it was going to happen, it was still devastating to see. And it just shows you, you know, the the terrors of this world. And a lot of stuff, even what I think they did well, even though I'm, my beef is not as much infected, showing how much the humans are messed up. And we have even some more messed up humans coming up in f- further episodes. But just how lost people can be. And in that moment, Henry knowing that his sole job was to protect his brother, and he did the one thing he was never wanted to do he actually kills his brother his brother in turn what's the what's to live for anymore so he just takes himself out very devastating and of course this does shake up ellie a lot because she's the one that instantly when she saw he was bit should have come out and been like sam's been bit she thought that she could heal him and so i think a lot of that weighs on her that that was the, you know her fault that, and if that, i need will. to keep going because i i might be able to save humanity because i'm immune so it's like, I couldn't save yeah. him, maybe I can save the rest of the world. We finally, you know, Joel's been on his way to meet, meet up with Tommy because they're trying to find the fireflies because the whole little time that they were supposed to, he was supposed to give a pass off Ellie to the fireflies, they were killed off. So he's like, I need to go out west, going to find him. But his brother Tommy, who's been estranged with, he was a firefly. He might know, you know, them. So they get to Wyoming, which they had this great reunion and, um, He's been married uh, to Maria and he, they're kind of like the de facto leaders of this town. It's a thriving community. There's no infected mm-hmm. and they, you know, they're, they're, they've got horses and they uh, cattle, they've got electricity. They got, they got bars opened up. They get, they're yeah, protected. they're good. They're good. And um, so there's a really great emotional scene where he's, and I thought the beats for this were really great because it, to, and again, we're comparing a lot of this to the game. So for those of you listening, just that's why we're going back and forth, but we, we have a big love of this property. Um, this whole scene where he's like, I'm trying to pass off to Ellie to her because he's like, I can't, I can't lose another girl on my watch. He's like, I've lost too many. And yeah. I'm like, I just, I just need to, I, he's closed his heart off so much for so long that he's like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie hears that and she kind of run, runs away. And like this whole scene where he's like, you know, she's like, what are you afraid of? Like, I, I don't want to lose you. And he's like, but you're not my, you know, you're not my daughter. And it, it, that was just such a powerful scene because in the game, it hits you hard. And then just them doing that. And I, because we're so yeah. critical of these emotional beats, I was like, wow, that just, that was great. And it's just such a, it's such a great scene. But you get a little more of the psyche of Joel and, and, um, Tommy and like what they had to do to survive. It's a little like, whoa, they did, they did some shady stuff. And I would love to go like some flashbacks to that maybe in another season. Um, and then they find out they got to go to Utah. That's where they're going to head to the Fireflies to have a hospital. And they're going to head to good old Salt Lake. Good old Utah with the Mormons. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fry sauce. Yeah. That, that scene, I would say, if you look at the whole season as a whole, the this, the episode that Petra Pascal will be nominated for is that that episode. Because um, he was fantastic. And this coming to Jesus moment of like, 
okay, I need to be the one to take surgery, you know, or I'm just going to, you know, I, I, I can't lose that. And so he does decide to, to take her and they, they first go to this, this college where they, you know, the straight out of the game as well. And um, they're, they're thinking this is where the fireflies might be. They see some firefly signs. It's kind of deserted. There's no one there. They're like, okay. Then a couple of Raiders show up and we have this little brawl and Joel gets stabbed like right in the stomach. And it's like, oh, great. And the end of the episode, like literally like him on the floor, like kind of passed out. And it was like, what are you going to do? And then they cut. And what I thought was very smart was they decided to intersect that with a flashback episode, which is straight Entitled. out of DLC for The Last yes. of Us Left Behind. Left Behind. This was a great episode. They had um, this is the episode where we we get more backstory on Ellie, and we have Storm Reed who plays Riley, who is a fellow orphan girl and pseudo like best friend slash definitely there's a love interest there. Um, and it's this whole cute kind of like she's about to go off with the fireflies, and she decides to have to like show Ellie like one last good night together. And they go to this huge abandoned mall. And because there's still electricity, Riley's able to show her like all this great stuff, like the arcade and the carousel and like, you know, stores. And it's, they did such a great job of pacing that episode to really set up, you know, there's still joy to be found, even all this devastation, but then how quickly that can be taken away. Because there is one clicker that's chilling out in the back of this uh, Halloween store, and again, this is all straight from the game. I thought they did that so well, even with the masks. I remember, I remember that so well. You have to oh, walk around and try every to find beat things with was the just like perfect. Mask. Yeah, they pace themselves to show the hints that's really going to set up a lot in the second or third season. You know how many they do for part two? That Ellie is interested in women. She is, you know, there's this flirty notion, and because she's still very young, it's like. She's kind of almost afraid to show her emotions because her friend's about to leave. But clearly they're having this like romantic kind of date night. And it was such a, I thought it was such a strong episode. I was really feeling for them. And again, it, it set up that anxiety. My fiance is going, okay, this is all too goody goody. What's going to happen? When they show that clicker, just like kind of, you know, stuck in the wall there, she was like, oh crap, I know what's going to happen. So when the clicker does attack and they kind of did a great thing where they didn't actually like leave you off with like how it ends. They just show they've been bit and it's like, well, crap, what do we do now? And they kind of just like embrace each other. And then it went back to Joel and he's obviously like, you know, Ellie's got him to like a shelter and it's like, now she's got to go out and find a way to, to heal Joel, which is going to lead to our darkest chapter really of the, of the, of the story. And even in the game, but it was a great smart episode to, to show the left behind story. But then we get into really what is like the main creepy villain of the of the the game, although he's not really, you know, if you read well, the infected of the humans. In terms of the humans, he's the worst worst of the worst human, I guess you can meet. You know, we have David. This was a great episode because uh Scott Shepard, who did a wonderful job here, is David. And we get our first uh a little uh cameo role uh troy baker we were very excited to see um you know obviously so much goes into a voice actor does not always mean that they're gonna you know trend to a live action and because you know troy baker has a very big following for those who are big gamers yeah everyday people that don't game don't know who troy baker is so 
for us fans, great to see him in here as a, you know, kind of like secondary character to David. But it was never going to be a world where he was going to be cast as Joel for this main series because they need a star. That's why Petro, Petro Pascal, he's a big star right now. That was a selling point for people who don't play games to watch the show. But he was great in this. And David, this whole this whole episode is so creepy because the way that at first you do kind of feel a comfort to David, even though you're like, something's off about this. Yeah. And it's the whole preacher thing. The whole, the, the, again, the like, these are my, these are my flock. These are my sheep. Um, and we get into some cannibal territory, yeah. which is a uh, dire needs. You know, it's winter. There's not much game out. And this town is, uh, they're not eating venison. No, I'll tell you that much. Well, the venison's low. Humans got to go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that whole beat. And especially there's this bit of creepiness where he kind of um, wants to prey on Ellie as maybe his pseudo uh, love interest. And this kind of creepy more. It's a little more less subtext in the show here. And I but I feel this whole this whole fight where she's kind of fighting for her life and you know, has to like fight him off. Um, it's a terrifying moment for her, especially being so young in this world where, you know, he o- almost takes her and it's, it's really, it's a messed up scene. And during this whole time, she's been fighting off and, and trying to lead these people away from Joel. And before that she was able to get him medicine and he's, you know, you know, back together. But I do like what Pedro Pascal did in this because in the game, you're kind of like superhuman. I'll just patch up here and I'm good. Yeah. Joel's taking beat after beat and he's like, he's rusty. He's, he's weak, very rusty. Can't hear in one they ear. Show so that, wound. that wound looks really bad. And I'm and a lot of people are like, can you just stick a needle in there and, and put some penicillin and that's going to do the trick? No, uh, my, my, again, my fiance, who's a nurse in. practitioner, she's like, that's not how you do it. Yeah. I'm like, well, I know. Yeah. Um, like, you just made the wound so, worse. I know, exactly. I know. And I'm like, and she's like, uh, he's like, don't load, look, we got a fungal infection. That's not going to happen, hopefully. So don't, don't yeah. think too much about this. This is another big moment where there's not much said, but this is like the huge turning point of their relationship. I think even more so where she's just terrified and she's like shaken up and he comforts her. And if you remember from the beginning of the season, where he calls his daughter baby girl. And that's a very Texas thing. I found out that he kind of like says, yeah, and that's how straight from the game too. And he calls her baby girl. And that's like this, like, okay, this is like, that's like, Oh, you're my daughter basically. And yeah. um, now I, I got you baby girl. I know. Now we're going here to the final episode here. Now I gotta, I gotta correct you. Cause you said one of her first big cameos of video game character to that. We actually had our first video game character who actually played. Oh, well, yes. Um, played the secondhand uh, Kathleen. Uh, no, not even that. Uh, Mar- uh, Marlene. Oh. Who, Marlene, who's actually played by her. Oh, actually, she plays Marlene. Or yeah, yeah. The actual Merle uh, Dandridge, who played Marlene in the video games, actually got to play her own character. and But she actually looks like the most like her character. So it really worked out. The fact that, you know, that you get to do that, which this is. This, they went. No one else. <laughs> could play her oh and just so great and this is this is another great part of what i love they did this finale is we actually get a the a huge part of the backstory of ellie's mother which in the game we don't see that yeah all we do and we don't see yeah the only thing you hear about is conversation and maybe a note in the game you find a note that she writes to to ellie to give her and then you don't really know the the relationship so we have this flashback and this is great another big cameo we have uh, Ashley Johnson played Ellie in the video games, plays her mother. She's pregnant, uh, about to give birth, running away from an infected. And I guess from what we see here that she was part of the resistance 
with Marlene and whatnot. And she's running to this house. That's kind of like their safe house. And she's like, I'm about to give birth. She ends up fighting off this infected kills it, but not before getting bit and having um, Ellie. We're led to believe that maybe that's why she kind of has an immunity. It's not really, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe that will come to another season. And then she, Marlene finds her and she's like, I'm bit, please take her. And she's like, I can't like, you need to take care of her. So you see this, like this whole weight of Marlene and Ellie's relationship has been going on forever. So she has this huge yeah. love and like, I promised her mother, I take care of her. And then she's like, you have to kill me. And this is a tough one. She's like, she just goes in and just takes her out. She's like, don't let me just does it. Yeah. Boom. So that's the big flashback. And then we cut to now they're in Utah. They're about to get to the hospital and Ellie is still facing that trauma of the attack from David. And it's still like, she's like not even hearing Joel. And he's, he's got a lot of pep in his step. You know, he's like, Hey, you know, and like, oh, I think I'll teach you. There's a lot of us so different from the first episode to the relationship now. He's like, ah, yes. you know, I reckon after we're done, I'll teach you to play guitar. And there's really that father figure here that they're having this fun banter. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still kind of dealing with all that. And so they, they end up getting the hospital but they come across the the soldiers. They knock them out, none who they are. And then Joel wakes up, and Marlene's like, "You did it. She's fine. And thank you so much for getting here." Um, and he's already like, "Take me to her. Yeah, take me to her now." Yeah, exactly. It's like we have to. How are you going to do it? We have to take it out of you know. We're going to take what's out of her and try to mass produce it, and then save the world. He's like, "What cordyceps attacks the brain?" She's like, "Exactly." So he's all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. They're going to have to take it out of her brain, a.k.a. kill her to try to mass produce this thing. And he's like, and this is something that it was so interesting to see Bella Ramsey would say in interviews, the finale is going to divide fandom or like going to divide viewers. And I'm like, uh, personally, no, I don't think it is, because in that situation, if in your head you were thinking kill one person to potentially save millions or well, that's assuming we even think millions are alive at this point. How many people do we think are alive? It's not like you can give. I don't think you could give this thing to a cordyceps. And it. I think the idea is like if we if we can create a vaccine, can we change humanity for the better? Can we can we start over yeah, basically for the better? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And Joel has that weight of like, I'd rather not lose Ellie. She's more worth you know keeping or not. And so he goes on a Rambo rampage. Oof, so good. This did feel. I mean. A little god mode for me. Um, I mean, in the game, this is what you do is you, you know, it's one person go around and taking out several people, but he just goes on a ramble rampage, shoots every single living person this, in that. This place. is part of the part of the, then, part of the show where it was more like the game where he's collecting weapons. I'm like, the whole time in the, in the show, I was yeah. like, why isn't he getting more weapons? Like, I like you know, he was a <laughs> not one brick thrown, not one bottle thrown. I'm pissed. Nope. Um, but uh, he no gets to the he gets to the hospital uh, section where they're about to do surgery, um, and he's like, untie her, and the doctor's like, we can't do that, and instantly, boom, shoots the doctor in the head. Um, the nurses untie her, she takes her, and then they did a great shot where they they did pan to the doctor's demise. Which of course is a ding 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 gonna be a key part what's gonna play into part two. Um dun 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 for those who know. And mm-hmm. him trying to escape, and then Marlene is like, Look, you can't protect her forever. At some point, you know, she's gonna be taken over by infected, or someone's gonna kill her, and he shoots and kills Marlene. 
And just like the game, the ending of Ellie waking up and being like, what happened? And, you know, he's like, the cure, there was other people that were, had the same thing. They tried to do it. It didn't work. Um, you know, there was a bunch of bandits and stuff. We had to get out of there. It was just kind of chaos. And even this moment of them heading back to Jackson and uh, her being like, you're telling the truth, right? And he's like, I swear. And you know that he's lying. But she's it like, cuts. okay. And then it cuts. And yeah. I was like, just like the game, great, great ending. Again, I have to give props. This whole show, it's major production value. They did all the, you know, a lot of this is live real sets. And I, I by the way, we didn't talk about it. I do love they did the draft scene, which, of course, my fiance was like, oh, my God, babies. And I was like, yeah, the drafts are in there. That's right from the game. The production mm-hmm. value, the sets, the acting, the cast, so much of this worked. The music, the beats of of emotion this this was a roller coaster for a lot of people of, of anxiety and, and nerves and then the beautiful moments that in this devastated world but in my full opinion they forgot that there's infected in this show they forgot that the whole point of why we're in the situation is that there's the infected in the games there's a whole there's a whole big scene in the last of us in the first game where you go in like this underground kind of cave tunnel and you have to fight off mm-hmm. so many infected and some bloaters Joel never got to fight a bloater. That's a big part of the games. And I think that they kind of were like, oh, we've seen the zombies. We're kind of good. And I was like, I just wish they had done such a good setup in the beginning that we never got payoff with that. And I think with the way that things can be filmed, as much as these creepy humans are a big part of the story, I wanted more stuff with the clickers and the infected. And that's where I'm going to have to flaw the show for that. As much as I can love and respect and enjoy the show, they forgot about the the main issue that really is plaguing the entire earth is the infected. So with moving forward to part two, which I think has a huge grand story, they've already said it's not going to be one season. It'll have to be two seasons to cover the whole game. There's a lot of great action with the infected and there's some new ones that are going to come up that are even creepier and some bigger things in the bloater to come ahead <laughs> i hope they actually do do that justice and give us more of that because the action beats were always so quick and too fast as much as yes i want the drama you got to give me that that's the whole point of the show of the game yeah. is it's called the last of us it's it's an emotional story. You need more of that anxiety. Setting. You need you yes. need more of that that mood setting. Um, hundred percent. I agree. Even if you're not a, even if you're not a fan of the video game, you need to know that this world, and that's what shows like The Walking Dead did very well. Is that literally there's there's a, there's something around the corner, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of there was a I I wish there was more of that, and I have to I have to say as well, I thought some of the changes they made I thought were the better, and I think especially within terms, one thing I can really I'm going to take a step back here. One thing I can really say about the show altogether, every episode deals with love. And what would you do for love from Bill and Frank's story, Sam and Henry's to Joel and Ellie's overall to, to everyone. I think that's really powerful. I think that's a great message what they did from the game to here, but like things like with Bill, I want to see him being like, even just like him and like, Oh, there's another infected him fighting off an infected. Like, Oh, Bill, you know, even something like that, but yeah, there should have been more infected, even just little bits in here. And I just wanted some more of the more of that to just add to this the fear of this world. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a missed opportunity that if there was going to be one big thing they took away, but in terms of the scale, the sets, I and mean, they use abandoned malls, abandoned actual practical sets to do that, even from like 
to make small mouse pellets was like sesame seeds. Like all these little things are right up there to even using the original like composer music, uh, the score mm-hmm. of that. Everything for an adaptation, this is probably one of the best, if not the best adaptations I've seen in a long time from video game to screen. Yeah. So with all that said, um, I fought for not a much infected, even though I liked the design elements, uh, acting, storytelling, and I'm excited to see where they go with part two. Uh, they got a lot to do in the next two seasons to cover that story. It's huge. Um, so for me, I'm going to give Last of Us, it's going to sit at an 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Just it would have got 10 if it had more infected. But <laughs> you can go watch all nine episodes of The Last of Us and HBO Max streaming now. And hey, go play the video game if you're feeling nostalgic and can't wait for the next season. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.